And and mom comes and mom wakes up and she's like, Frankie, Frankie. And he's like, well, a fucking course it's Frank. Who, what other dead race car driver is walking into your room in ghost form in the middle of the night, mom? Just She's like, Dale Bing. Earnhardt wanders in. <laughs> I'm sorry, is this 332 Princeton Grant? <laughs> 233, I'm sorry. I have a lot of trouble with directions. That's why I'm dead. I just... Full movie. Movie. Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema because we're just not pretty enough for prostitution. I'm your host, No Illusions, and we're coming to you live from the best city in Texas. Say hello, Austin. I got to say, I have heard a lot of great things about your city. I was pretty sure it was not going to live up to it, and it totally did. A lot of bars. And, of course, and the Uber drivers seem so proud of that. Every one of them is like, we have bars. And then you can go from a bar to a bar on your way to a bar. I'm stealing Eli's bits. I'm just going through Eli's notes, and I'm going to say all of his jokes before he comes out. I've always wanted to do that. All right. And, of course, joining me from stage right, please welcome my good friend, Heath Enright. And his trusty scotch. Thanks, Noah. Glad to be here. Hello, and welcome to the show. See, it's way easier than Eli makes it look. So that 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 first glass made it all the way out to the uh, to the table there. You know they have bars here. Just. And, of course, also joining us from stage left, give it up for my bad friend, Eli Bosnick. Yeah! Yeah! What? You guys... What? You, get, you guys look dumb. <laughs> Do we? This is Texas. They're not going to understand <laughs> what clothes you're wearing. They're going to be like... He came in a wintermobile. <laughs> You've embarrassed us. Have a little self-respect. So I want to share something personal with all you guys as you take pictures of my humorous body. I had a realization backstage, uh, and maybe a lot of you had it. Matt Dillahunty is here, everybody. Yeah, right? And... When I first realized that I was an atheist, his show was part of that experience, was like hearing those ideas so crystally put. And I remember I was 19 and I was, and he, he just like, there was this one episode that like totally blew my mind and I turned to my girlfriend at the time and I was like, I just want to shake that man's hand. And... <laughs> Thank you for the... <laughs> Now it's weird you all saw my existence peaked. <laughs> I'm going to go change for a new reason. <laughs> all right, so while Eli is changing, 
and I'm getting just exactly the view I wanted. Um, I had a couple of quick rules to go over. This is pretty important. Uh, it'll be pretty quick. Um, normally, I have a whiteboard for this, but uh, there's shit written on that whiteboard. I don't want to explain to the TSA, so I just wrote it down when I got here. Uh, just a couple quick rules. No running. Safety first. No spitting. No licking. That goes for everyone. Uh, shoes and shirts must be worn at all times. Obviously, we leave the ankle to the navel up to you. Um, and this is, a, oh, oh, this is one that uh, um, Andrew asked me to add late. Nothing Eli says can be used against him in a court of law. And finally, uh, very important, no feeding the performers pot brownies without their consent. <laughs> now, that's... It's one of those things that you don't think you need to tell people, but apparently you do. Uh, and for the record, as an addendum to that, you have my consent. So, also mine. Yeah, also not mine. this guy, though. I want a brownie. as well. Drugs. I want drugs. <laughs> if you have them. All right. Who looks like a troublemaker in the crowd? I need to give this to the... Uh, where is she? Where is she? I had, had somebody all picked out. There she is. Give us your drugs and we'll have sex yeah, with you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, kids. I know. You're, you were thinking about breaking those rules. I know. I know. All right. So, what do you guys think, of Austin? Huh? I like it. Okay. You want me to explain why you, I like Austin you first? Go first. You, you, you want to go, go first? first. I, yeah, like I mean, it says in the notes that that he's going to go first. You I go first. Know. I go first. Yeah. Okay. Good segue. Thanks. <laughs> Hello. Hello. I like Austin. Nice. It's been fun. I genuinely, I like the flavor of Austin. I've eaten yes. very, very well. In fact, like how many, you're a vegan or a vegetarian or whatever you do it. How many like animal lives do you think you've saved because of that? In like oh. five years? I've killed that many this week. <laughs> <laughs> I've made up for it. We went to a barbecue place and I saw fear in a server's eyes. He was like, <laughs> they got a little thing and he was like, yeah, and that too. And he was like, you got a lot, friend. And he was like, don't. Don't do this. You're just, there's a thin pane of glass and fear and atmosphere, my friend. Just put the brisket there and you have a bad day. And he was just like, oh, no. <laughs> Backed away, went into the back. He was like, el chupacabra. <laughs> es destino. <laughs> bueno es la biblioteca. <laughs> that means where is the library because I don't speak a lot of Spanish. Not exactly, but you were close, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what I like about Austin. I've enjoyed your city. I like your Uber drivers. And let me tell you why. Because they don't know that you're not... Are they, you're not supposed to talk if you're an Uber driver. I don't know if you know this. Because you're a servant, not a talkant. Here's the thing. I paid you money to drive me a place. We're not friends, right? That's not how it works. So you're supposed to not talk. But when they do, your Uber drivers have one thing they want to talk about, folks. And that is that your homeless people are all homeless recreationally. That is all they want to do. Oh, man, let me tell you, these homeless people here, they have it good. They stand out in the burning sun with a sign. Someone gives them a dollar. It's the best life ever. They're all doing it. They're all millionaires, let me tell you. Every single Uber driver has told us that. I keep expecting them to get out of the car after they drop us off and stand there with a sign and be like, this is way more money, man. Boo. <laughs> Take me to one of your multiple bars. <laughs> but I'm going to give you a note, Austin, and we're going to talk about this Christian movie in a second because that's why you're here. I'm going to give you a note, Austin. You do not get to complain about your traffic, and let me tell you why. I live in New York City. 
if you get hit by a taxi cab in New York City, that's just Tuesday. You're just like, yeah, I got hit by a Get my leg. Don't be a dick. Thank you. Just You put it on. You guys stop at a red light and you're like, ah! <laughs> how long have we been here? You step out of a 15-minute drive. What year is it? <laughs> I have a big white beard. <laughs> can can we talk about the movie, or did you? We have should a, probably talk about. The okay, movie. all right. Movie. So with Unless that out of the way, just want me to riff for the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah. Don't encourage him. My job is hard enough Hilarious already. Hilarious stand up by Eli Bowes. So quick, while we still can, tell us, Heath, what will we be breaking down today? All right. We watched The Grim Reaper. And uh, where's Cynthia? I'm about to steal a joke from Cynthia. Front row. Nice. Cynthia, this is your joke. This better fucking work out. This better be (laughs) funny. Everybody better think this crushes. Um, We watched The Grim Reaper. It's the story of a stroked out eyeball trying to outact a set of terrified eyebrows. (laughs) And convert them to Christianity. <laughs> right? Okay. You, you, All right. That yeah. would have been awkward Nailed for you. It. That would have been awkward for you. It worked. <laughs> Good. And I, wrote, I wrote my own joke because I'm Keith. <laughs> well, speaking of which, Eli, how bad was this movie? Well, if you love Halloween adventure, but you think Halloween will send you to hell, you will love this movie. <laughs> this is 50% costume party. shaking back and forth in the seminary. That's exactly what this is. This is a nightmare Roy Orbison had one time. I'm just saying Cynthia's joke got a way way better. better. Yeah, way better last year. Come on on up, up, Cynthia. We're we're booting him. All right, now, is there anything you guys want to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? I would. um, Best worst, squirmy, not actor people trying to act and squirming. Everybody's constantly like, where do my hands go when I act? <laughs> do they in, it's, poke my eye? Am I doing it? Is this acting? Do go? They have no idea what to do. It's a lot of squirming. A lot of squirming. So, <laughs> yeah, there's a good, lot of that. Good deal a lot of, that. of the people in this movie seem like, like they have to like move their head to get enough air to come out of their mouth to make a word. Right? They'll kind of be, constantly be going like, well. <laughs> Everyone in this movie went to the acting school of keep eye contact with Michael J. Fox. It's just... <laughs> He just passed away, you guys, really? No. <laughs> no, like 60 seconds ago. Google it. <laughs> Don't Google anything ever no, yeah. that Eli says to Google. Things get way less true that Eli says when you Google them. <laughs> um, now, I had two best worst. Now, the, I, the best worst that I first had was the best worst inciting incident. <laughs> but I don't want to tell... I want to save that for the movie. So I'm, instead, I'm going to go with uh, uh, best worst costuming. Now, the costuming in this movie was done by the director's wife... She certainly got that job by merit. Um, it's honestly, it's basically like you, you imagine if you go to like the Christian bookstore and you bought the Roman helmet. That's the costuming for this fucking movie. It's insane. You have any uh, best worst, Eli? I want to go with best worst dying words. <laughs> Guys, there are basically, the dying words of one of the characters in this movie is basically... Fuck you, Jesus. <laughs> and then he like goes for the crowd surf. He's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, 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 uh. Okay, I'm dead now. 
<laughs> uh, for I those teabagged of- for everyone at home. I was teabagging Jesus. I don't want the complaints. Teabagging Jesus. Listen for it. <clears throat> you picture it. Jesus is beneath me. <laughs> Google me, N-I-C-K, and then it's just uh, me on top of Jesus. Uh, uh, uh. And you should have come to the show, but I don't need the tweets. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, just to be on the safe side here, before we get things going, we're going to step in the back and uh, have Eli's stomach pumped. Uh, once bitten, twice shy. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll descend into all the high school play costuming and set design that is the Grim Reaper. Ranky, my boy. Hey, Dad. You ready to head to the big race? I sure am. Now, did you do your homework? Uh-huh. And have you broken God's law? Uh, hey, 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 you want to be cool like your dad, don't you? Yeah. Which means what? Not accepting mercy from an evil god. That's right, my boy. Now grab your copy of the God Delusion and let's get out of here, huh? Uh, racing. <laughs> hey, folks. want to take a minute to tell you about this week's sponsor, Beachbody On Demand. Beachbody On Demand is an online fitness streaming service that gives you unlimited access to a wide variety of highly effective world-class workouts personalized to meet your needs, plus extensive nutritional content all proven to help people achieve their health and fitness goals. With step-by-step program guides, workout calendars, comprehensive nutrition plans, an innovative portion control-focused cooking show, Fixate, and the motivation and support of a growing community, Beachbody On Demand is the total package. And as regular listeners know, just about a month ago to show that we support the products we advertise, we promised that Eli would follow one of Beachbody's programs, and I gotta be honest, our plan was for Eli to fail hilariously. It sure was, Noah. Sure was. And, and which one did you do, Eli? Uh, the 21-day fix. And how did that work out for you, Eli? Uh, I lost 18 pounds, Noah. Lost 18 pounds. Wow. That, uh, takes all the air out of that joke, doesn't it? Sure does. Sure does. But, but, on the bright side, it does mean that Heath has to do a program this month Um, while I do 21-day fix again. uh, Veto. I declare one very strong vote. One vote. Nope. That overruled, nope. two votes. All right, but I'm, I'm sure the folks at home are wondering how you did it. So uh, can you give them a preview? Okay, so my problem in the past with workout programs is you've always needed either a ton of space and time or like fancy gym equipment. But this was just 30 minutes a day. There was a modified version of every exercise on every workout. So I never felt overwhelmed or just stopped and watched a 19-year-old do things I was physically incapable of doing. I felt like I could follow along and I could stream the workouts to all of my devices. So usually I just downloaded to my phone and work out wherever I wanted to. I did workouts in the fitness center at our hotel in Austin. I did a workout in the park. And because there's not a ton of equipment required for the program I did, I was able to do it every day and keep up with the program. Awesome. So as promised, this month, Heath will be doing a program of Eli's choosing. Eli, what will Heath be doing? Well, as hilarious as it would be for me to have him do one of their super advanced programs like P90X or Insanity, I'm going to have him do three-week yoga retreat. And if you'd like to join in on the fun, this is a brand new service, but it's already got a million members. So just text AWFUL to 303030. Again, that's AWFUL to 303030 and get access to the full platform for free. Beachbody On Demand. So good, we ended up doing real ads for them. 
I'm I'm not wearing yoga pants. I don't think you wear what I tell you to wear. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back for the applauded. breakdown, and we have to uh, set up the most unforgivably fucked up conflict in the history of so- storytelling. <laughs> Uh, but before we do that, we're going to look at a bunch of ugly people at a church. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The organist, who everyone who is here at the live show just saw was the very first picture. Mm. She looks like she's being followed, but she's kind of okay with it. <laughs> like, she's like, oh, I'm being followed. I was all alone at night. Oh, but he's kind of cute. <laughs> is that Idris Elba? <laughs> of the Watchtower? We also had the lady who looked like Princess Leia just took off her motorcycle helmet. Uh, we had Bates like, who the, got scared by a ghost. Yeah, yeah, Betty White who chose poorly. Yeah. Everyone's hair looks like a helmet. Yes. It's yes. all like Magneto helmet. Like it's the hair like curls in and covers the nose and the ears like a wrong, it's it's very defensive hair. <laughs> you get like plus 5 hit points for 70s hair. <laughs> also, okay, so and they're they're panning this crowd of, of churchgoers and they're supposed to look bored because they're waiting for the pastor, but that's just what people in church look like, right? <laughs> uh, so we have a lot of trouble figuring out what the hell's going on, uh, except eventually somebody goes, where's the preacher? I don't know. Oh, also, this is the part where we, we, we see this for quite a while and everybody's wearing pastel blue suits, so it's very easy not to realize that you're looking at a funeral, Apparently, back in the 70s, that's we did pastel uh, the funerals. the 1970s. Everyone was a couch. <laughs> <laughs> but now that we've established the all-important people are waiting at a church thing, we have to cut away from the film to, talk, uh, to uh, meet our narrator, which is kind of <laughs> odd that he comes in after the opening scene. Um, but he starts off, he starts going like, over the last hundred years, there's been a bunch of Jesus perverting cults that deny his divinity and deny his resurrection. Um, and he, he explains, Clap yeah. For the cults. No, yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Cults. Hell yeah. Absolutely. For cults. Some good cultists out there. Who here is in a cult tonight? <laughs> how many cult, how many cult oh, people? Fun. But in case you're curious, the, if you ever wondered why it is that we uh, deny the divinity of Jesus, this, this movie does clear that up. Uh, we are controlled by evil spirits, mm. as it turns out. Uh, and we're all going to burn in hell, so uh, we'll see you there. <laughs> and we should point out, this narrator looks like a cut character from Dana Carvey's Master of Disguise. He looks like Dana Carvey was like, what if there was a guy who got hair plugs to look more like an accountant who lost a bunch of weight too quickly? <laughs> and they were like, no, Dana, you can't do that one. <laughs> and he kind of looks like Richard Nixon, but like without the lumps, like creamy, <laughs> like creamy Nixon. If there was chunky and creamy, he'd be the creamy one. Like, like if Nixon got bit by a bunch of bees, but it cured the lumps instead of made the lumps, that's what he looks like. A lot of people don't know this. Creamy Nixon was a candy bar in the 1970s. <laughs> Excuse me, mister. How much is a creamy Nixon? Just That'd a nickel. be a nickel. <laughs> we all knew the price. We, we That's, both thought it would yeah. be a nickel. Boy. <laughs> also, I find this line to be a little bit odd. The uh, narrator turns to us and starts telling us about the motion picture we're about to see. As though this oh, isn't... Was this not the movie? Yes. Are we not in the fucking movie? What's happening? This is like pre-come the movie. I don't right. know. <laughs> so the viewers at home were like, why are all these people in my house? <laughs> Get on. Hunt, start cooking. 
They look bored. They're all wearing their nicest hair helmets. <laughs> Hermits. So we cut, the, the, the narrator warns us, this movie's about to be fucking harsh, y'all. And then we cut back to the church where nothing continues to happen. And this is where we get the most ass-fucked conflict in cinematic history. We have two, two people at the front row, and they're, and they're whisper-yelling at each other because they don't know how to mic this properly, so the people are actually whispering like this. And so the, one, the lady turns to her husband, she goes, what's happening? And the husband turns to her, and she says, the preacher said he won't preach the funeral. And it's like, why are you still sitting here then if you know that? Uh, but then we cut to the pastor's study where they're discussing why he won't preach the funeral. And it's because the dead kid whose funeral it is, it is, is in hell. And his parents want the preacher to not mention that during the funeral. He will not not mention that. Nope. No. And nope. He refuses to not. Nope. What's more, he'll be the good guy. Yeah. The protagonist of this movie goes, look, if I'm going up there, I'm mentioning that your kid is burning in fire forever. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't half-ass my job. I'm not walking up. Oh, where could he be? There's his body. I wonder where his soul is. No, I shoot straight from the hip. Your kid's burning in fire forever. <laughs> could you just do it without, like, mentioning heaven or hell at all? Could you just do the, like, I'll tell you what, I'll run my sermon by you. You tell me if you like it. Okay, how does it go? He's in hell. Don't <laughs> Can I try it a second time? Try it one more time. One. Brothers and sisters, oh my. Okay. we gather here today. This is pretty good so He's far. in All hell! <laughs> and I love that dad's reaction to this is not like, come on, man, don't be a dick. It's, well, what about purgatory? <laughs> <laughs> he starts bargaining. He's like, yeah. oh, come on. Can we just say, like, can you do, like, coffees and hell purgatory? Maybe we're not sure. <laughs> no. I wanted dad to slide a piece of paper that said purgatory across the table to the preacher. <laughs> Slides one back that says ass raped in hell. <laughs> All right. Not going to work for me. And of course, the preacher's like, what are you, one of them filthy Catholics? It doesn't say nothing in the Bible about purgatory. Um, which, is, which would be great if, they, if the rest of the movie stuck with shit that it does say in the Bible, but uh, do it not. also doesn't say anything about monkey demons in the Bible, and you saw one of those already. <laughs> so, uh, so dad's very pissed. He kind of wishes he'd gone to Big Choice Video instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, all right, this is ridiculous. We're going, we're taking the funeral down the street. Yeah. Grab the corpse, honey. We're getting <laughs> out of here. And they like, <laughs> he just leaves. <laughs> like, all right, I'm going to. Talk to your manager later. We'll circle back to this. But they're, we are bringing this corpse out the door. They're hitting his head against the door. There's just a 20-minute <laughs> scene. Pivot. No, Turn you, you pick left, up your my end. My, my left? You, my left. I, You're hitting the corpse again. Don't hit You're his, still doing it. Don't hit his hair helmet. Right. <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time I've heard Heath say to Eli, you're hitting the corpse again. Jean, Jean Benet. Yep. All right, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so... She's easy to get through doors, though, to be fair, compared to this guy. Tell me about it. Just smaller. Also, it occurs to me that we haven't really painted a visual picture of mom up to this point. Mm. Um, I think mom looks like maybe uh, one of the twins from The Shining grew up. Okay. Yeah. All right. Like, she's about to, like, interrupt, like, like cyclists. Not like a bicycle ride, but like a cyclist, like Lance Armstrong. (laughs) I have a note on dad here. Dad looks like Ron Perlman is about to be evidence in the Scopes monkey trial. (laughs) (laughs) 
I love too because they come up with like a possible out for this whole thing because the preacher won't not talk about how the kid's in hell. But it turns out they have another son. They have a living son who is also a preacher. And they're like, well, maybe our other son can, uh, can do the funeral. He's like, no, I, I also know that he's in hell. I would also say that. <laughs> exactly. And for those who follow along, the son is played by uh, the guy who got in the car crash but didn't get his head cut off in Burning Hell. Burning Hell. So it's not the same universe. It's not Marvel. I was really excited for it. I was creating, I had a whole board on my wall connecting threads and twirling them around, but no, it's a different character. And he has, we need to point this out because it's really distracting, a dead eye, yes. I think is the way to describe well, it. I mean, it's alive. Is it? It's, I mean, if, I feel like the character had like a minor stroke and then his eye had like three major strokes of its own. <laughs> Just the eye. It's all the way lazy. It's a super late. Like Tim's left eye is like leaning on a like on, on a shovel at a union site, like doing nothing. It's like an Austin yeah. homeless person. He's, yeah, yeah, he's got a cardboard sign on on I thirty five exit ramp. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, did I steal your joke? My bad. You did. It's oh, cool. Sorry about that. No, it's right there in the notes. Fine. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm reading. I'm reading Niagara. Notes, so. <laughs> it's done. It's deep cut. So. <laughs> So the dad is, again, still arguing with the preacher. He's like, well, show me in the Bible where it says my son's in hell. Like, it's going to have a fucking guest list. Wait, because the preacher goes, it doesn't name specific people in hell. But how awesome would that be? You got to admit, Matt's show would be way worse. I mean, this is a 3,000-year-old book, and it's got my phone number in it. <laughs> Ah, uh, <laughs> fallacy of fuck. <laughs> um, I also want to point out at the end of this whole thing, the the argument uh, that these guys have, the 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 uh, the mom is eventually super pissed, not at the preacher who refuses to not say her son is in hell, but at her husband for arguing with for him. Arguing, she's <laughs> like, can't you just be polite to the preacher? Our son's in hell, but you're raising your voice. <laughs> It's the 1970s. It is way more important not to raise your voice. There will be no yelling until 2001 on September 11th. How dare you laugh at that? It's the first time we yelled as a nation. So the, the preacher goes out now. to fight. He's finally been convinced to deliver his eulogy, but he's going to do the uh, your kids in hell eulogy, come hell or high water. Uh, so he comes out and he's basically like, y'all knew Frankie. Don't be like that little shit. <laughs> As his eulogy. Yes. And here's the subtle, because he's the protagonist, so of course he's going to be nice about it. His subtle way is like, well, he's dead, and hopefully we all realize that we're all going to die. <laughs> and I sure hope no one here ends up in hell. <laughs> Grieving dad of a sinner says, what? What? <laughs> what? what? Crazy. <laughs> uh, exactly. Everyone step forward if you're going to heaven. Not so fast, all of you. All right. you all <laughs> Notice the dead in. guy didn't move. And then, now maybe this... <laughs> maybe this is just a thing I don't understand. Open casket funerals. Is this a thing? Uh, oh, yeah. that's weird. Why do you do that? Is it for a sex thing? That is the only, if someone was like, I want to see my husband one more time and I want to give him a little, no, 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 and then I'm going <laughs> to get out of here, I'd be like, you know, what with the rigor mortis and all Exactly. Yeah. But you just stare at the dead person and you're like, 
Because in Judaism, we just put them in the ground because they're gone now. (laughs) But the preacher announces this. He says, and I'm not making this up, he says, the family would like to view the body, and they would appreciate if you would remain seated while they do. Does that mean that one guy was like, the family's going to view the body, and So now we cut to a quick flashback. We have to we have to meet the dead kid while he's still alive. So we watch. Uh, we cut to dad and the son watching TV together. Uh, the TV, by the way, will absolutely drown out the dialogue in this scene. Every scene with background noise that will be the case. And when there's not background noise, they'll have a soundtrack to deafen you. But apparently, they're watching a football game instead of going to church. Mom and the good son show up fresh from church. Uh, but the bad son and dad have just been drinking beers and watching the devil's ball. They should have fantasy church. Maybe more people would go. <gasps> there you oh. go. You, you draft pastors and you get points for like rape acquittals. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what would get? Would you get points for? <laughs> You'd need like a saber metric system in that case. Yeah. You'd need a lot of math. That's not even important. Yeah, Andrew, game. get on that for us. No, saber metric. Really, metric. It's I a baseball it's, thing. It's not a football thing. It's oh, yeah, but it's lots of points. I give and I give. Eli, tell us more about sports. Instead, let's talk about this <laughs> this movie. So they say to the, the, the mom and the, uh, and the good son come in, and they're like, you really should have gone to church with us. It was a phenomenal sermon. And Frankie turns to him and says, I'll go to church when dad does. Am I right, dad? Am I right? Yeah, am I right? Am I right? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> it's like a zinger. It's yes. weird. Dad has this moment where he's like, ha ha, that's my boy. And I just wrote in my notes, yeah. So many kids are peer pressured out of their churches by their parents. I mean, you all were peer pressured out of your church by your parents. Uh, you just, your dad's always talking your ear off. Are you going to the Nick Sam Harris event? Ah, oh, dad. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> Better not be a preacher at your wedding. Your mother will cry her eyes out. I know, Dad. I know. <laughs> you just expect him to grab Jesus and give him noogies at a certain point in this. The whole yeah. Thing, yeah, the whole thing's just like, hello, welcome to atheist characters. We are atheist characters. Yeah, I'll have yeah. a beer, some cigarettes, handful of meth. Like, he might as well have, like, one of those helmets for beer with, like, a fetus on each side. <laughs> and he's drinking the fetus blood in little hoses. Like, that. it's Patreon gold. New Kickstarter right there. One of those in a baptism dress. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And then mom, of course, offers to cook dinner because it's 1976 and she's mom. And dad says, no, that's all right. I'll just get another beer. Because that's what atheists have for dinner, beer. Perhaps Blue Ribbon. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, some atheists. (laughs) A third of this stage, but don't worry about it. (laughs) Scotch, whatever. Also, the, the guy who's playing Frankie has the most bizarre, wide-open eyes. He's watching a football game, but he's watching it like you would watch Two Girls, One Cup. It's just... Cheering. <laughs> no. I watch it differently. It's, you know how some people watch Scrubs when they go to sleep, and they kind of, you just, like, fall asleep because you already know it? It's different for me. <laughs> but, yeah, this is where Tim and Frankie, who's dead uh, at the beginning of the movie, have their, like... Dude, also, Tim talks the entire movie like dance. So he's like, Frankie, you really should have come to church. And Frankie's like, what's the matter with you? Stop. He's like, the eye is reaching the rest of my body, Tim. <laughs> Please, Frankie. Shoot me in the heart with something. I don't know what's going on. So he's like, you should have come to church. And he goes, not for me, dude. I guess I'm not that religion. I'm going with big engines, big cars. 
big tracks and big money. You you thought he was going to say like big dicks and big vaginas I there, right? Like, I thought he was big dicks and big vaginas. Thought he was going to say big dicks, like like transformers fucking each other, right? Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That's our other Kickstarter. So, <laughs> I think that's already out there. Uh, so yeah, so mom looks accusatorily at dad for condemning their their kids to hellfire. We, we cut back to the funeral for a second, but then we have another flashback. We have to watch Frankie die. Um, so it turns out Frankie was a race car driver, much like Jesus. And and this is how bad this movie is. They have stock footage of uh, of like NASCAR from 1976, and they show Frankie driving, and he's turning multiple directions. <laughs> <laughs> which doesn't make fucking sense. I guess that's why he wrecks later and dies is because he's making a right. Classic mistake. You, you don't yeah, make exactly. rights in that, in that sport. I also, I love they have the, annou- the announcers and the announcers have nothing to say here except for Frankie Pierce is in the lead. Frankie Pierce is the, the, main, or the dead kid. And so they say that like five times. Frankie Pierce is still in the lead. Still Frankie. Yeah, no, it's Frankie again. And which, I mean, that, to me, like, if, they, if you made me announce NASCAR, that's exactly how it would sound. I don't need to be here. <laughs> Y'all get it, right? It's the car that comes in first, the one that's at the front. I'll tell you how to do this. This is a fun little trick. Look to the front. That one's winning. <laughs> so, NASCAR, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but this is 1970s NASCAR. See, today the cars are all slick and thin, and modern, and people have seatbelts, but this is just when they took a boat, made a steel, (laughs) they put one wheel on it, and they just shoved it down a hill. (laughs) And they're just, they're smashing into each other, the drivers are smoking and sitting on the roofs. (laughs) It's a better, simpler time. A guy's making something in a waffle iron inside his car. (laughs) Gently pouring batter. Don't want to spill on my lap. Turn. <laughs> so everybody starts wrecking. And the first car we see wrecked, I want to know how the fuck this happens. The car is upside down and spinning like this. I don't see an unintentional way you can do that, and I don't know that I see an intentional way. <laughs> so there's no ways. Yeah, no, no ways. I, I mean, they did it, obviously, for this movie, but I feel like they had to launch it out of some kind of special... Uh, uh, canon of you some sort. You feel like that guy started upside down, like he just didn't get NASCAR that day. He just like <laughs> got in the car upside down and he was like, all right, <laughs> everyone push the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Did I win? So, but now Frankie Pierce is in trouble too. So he wrecks. His, the edit on his wreck is ridiculous. <laughs> Like first, like the car's flipping over and, you know, slipping in all different directions. It explodes and then they cut to him steering again. Yes. And then it crashes a different place and, <laughs> and explodes again. And explodes again. Differently. <laughs> in like a different universe, just a different time of day. And apparently during the wreck, um, someone gut shot Frankie. Someone shot him in the chest. He's just, the only evidence of injury is red on his chest. Yeah. Here. Yeah. <laughs> so all the, all the medics rush up to him to take care of him. And uh, the, 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 the medic pulls out his stethoscope because that's all, that was the, basically the whole trick in 1976. That's all they had. He, he thought he might be dying of bronchitis after the <laughs> explosion. So you checked for the sounds. No, I get it. I get it. He didn't, he was wheezing. And I love it. So everybody's standing over him, dad and everybody. And dad says, you're going to be all right, Frankie. And the doctor's like, you are a fucking liar, man. There is no chance in hell. <laughs> Dad's just got like a martini in his cigar. He's like, walk it off, rub dirt in it, whatever you're fine. He's fine. That's my boy. 
<laughs> Round of applause, everyone, for Frankie. So- <laughs> I believe in fairies. I believe in fairies. I believe in... Oh, he's dead. So, <laughs> how did your parents get you up? <laughs> All right. So now also, good brother, the preacher brother, is standing over top of him as he dies. And he needs to turn him to Jesus, obviously, because he's about to die. So he turns to his, his brother, Frankie, and he's like, Frankie, this is your last chance. Accept Jesus. And Frankie goes, oh, <clears throat> accept Jesus. <clears throat> When dad does. <laughs> right? Am I right, dad? He goes, right, dad. And dad, who sees his dying son, goes, fucking A, son. Fucking A. <laughs> Boom. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I teabagged again. That's called a callback. Everyone at home, you so, got a picture of me, Google image. Uh, but he's doing it to his dead son. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, dad and doesn't even, dad's like, that was too far. <laughs> You know, I was really enjoying your show. But when Frankie's dad teabagged him, I thought to myself, I'm not sure you're in the best taste here at God Off the <laughs> I have my lines. And also, based on his, his death rattle, I'm assuming he died of a butt orgasm or something. <laughs> it happens. Ooh! <laughs> Say- <laughs> That is exactly what a butt orgasm sounds like if you've never heard one before. And you could see every face in the audience that recognized it. Yeah, that is. That's a pretty good butt orgasm. (laughs) Get yourself a butt orgasm, people. (laughs) Wait, let me check. Can I recommend people to get a butt orgasm? (laughs) Because apparently autoerotic asphyxiation is a joke and breaking the law and a super dangerous thing to recommend live on air. Which is why this part doesn't make it into the show either. So. Uh, for those of you at home who are wondering, Eli is masturbating while choking himself right now. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm still wearing it. The rest of the show, I want you to just picture it still here. I'll get up. Oh, sorry. <laughs> No more physical bits. So, so Frankie dies. And so now we fast forward. Do you need a minute? I'm fine. Okay. So, I'm normally Eli's buddy for that, so it's safe. <laughs> I'm keeping track. You need a spotter. You need a spotter. You always need so, a spotter. We're not allowed to recommend that either, are we, Andrew? <laughs> Um, what, so, you don't need a spotter? You That's stupid advice. This is You're the, the worst lawyer. This is the oh worst. Oh, my God. This is the problem. <laughs> if only I had been spotting. <laughs> Eli would have made it home, to his birthday. I got caught on my noose as I went to <laughs> yell at my lawyer. <laughs> and it's not the first time I've done that. <laughs> Or said this on air. <laughs> so we're at the cemetery. We are at the cemetery. Thank you, Eli. Usually when you say we're at the cemetery, I'm not as happy, but... I'm usually texting you to pick me up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I caught my pants on the fence again. Can you come get me? <laughs> it's not her. It's just a different child beauty queen. So, Jesus Christ. She had, like, leukemia or something. I want to go home. <laughs> Too far, huh? That's 
You That's your line. You I found, found it. it. You okay, found it's it. good to find it. it. No, good. no, my, my, my niece is here. My nephew's here. Obviously, we want those jokes as much Welcome as possible. Welcome, Noah's family. Hi, guys. I'm, I'm so glad that you eventually showed up. That was nice of you. Your dad is my boss. <laughs> we pretend dad? he's not, dad? but he is. I'm, you, you don't, I don't think you know how nieces don't, and don't, nephews work. Oh, okay. The dad I, thing is not. I was going to say, don't tell him about the boss thing. Um, it's this is not Game of Thrones. She's my sister. <laughs> it's Texas, right? <laughs> Boo! <laughs> the answer to that was, is, is there a strong anti-incest feeling now in Texas? This is Austin. This is not Texas. Um, so, yes. Yes. So, so, mom is at the cemetery visiting with Frank. This is apparently about four months after the funeral. And her other son, the living son, the good pastor son, walks up behind him. And he's like, mom. And she looks right at the ground and says, Frankie, do you want out of your box, son? <laughs> Like, no, mom, I'm the living son behind you. Behind over you, here. Mom. She's like, oh, fuck. Right. And he's basically like, she's like, oh, I miss your brother. And he's like, I know, very sad. You got to get over it. And she goes, but when he died, he said my name. Do you think maybe spiritualism would help? <laughs> <laughs> well, and then the son gives the most stupid fucked up answer because he's, he's like, uh, no spirit. If you talk to him through spiritism, you'll go to hell. And she's like, so it would work. So black magic is real lawyer. Exactly. <laughs> so, literally what she goes, wait, so you're saying spiritualism is real. And he's like, ah, technically, yeah, it works. But it. you know, it's not ours. <laughs> please, son, so, please. Can I communicate I with the dead so- using evil tube magic? No, <laughs> no. I wanted so badly for the next scene for just naked mom with like nipple clamps on, just <laughs> sacrificing a goat over a golden bull. All right, here we go. Agurame. Agurame. Tim walks in. Mom! I've got friends coming over. So, yeah, she says, um, she's, the son says, well, yes, mom, it works, but talking to the dead is dangerous. And I just heard Eli in the in the back of my had going, I wasn't talking to her. Yeah. But, but apparently dad is also looking for a way to communicate with, with the dead because this is where we're going to meet, and I can't remember who, who said this at the uh, Platinum Night last night, but we meet Zoltar from Big. That was yours, yes. Yes, absolutely. This guy is about to leave this set and make Tom Hanks big. Or as I call him, every magician ever. <laughs> But yeah, so the, 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 the dad is asking this Swami guy uh, who is, they're going for, I, I don't know if they're going for a particular religion or if they just know like different religion as a broad category here. Oh, it's just all of them. It's, he's, like, it? he's yeah, from like Our Lady of all the other evil ones. <laughs> yeah. like, he's the bad guy. And he's, he's dressed up with like a little piece of something from, from every other culture and religion. Yeah, like right. everything but blackface. He might, like, he might as well, he's, he's really close. He's got a turban on his yarmulke, yeah. So, but he's asking, dad's asking him about talking to the dead and he's like, is it dangerous? He's like, no, shit, I do it all the time. Uh, the important thing though is you have to talk your wife and your son into it in order for it to work. And he's like, well, my wife isn't going to have autonomy for another, like, 15, 18 years. It's 76. Uh, but my son, I don't know. And then, but, and, the, and the Swami's like, oh, don't worry about your son. I'll talk him into it. But just as he's saying that, the son walks in, and he's standing right behind him. So he's like, don't worry. I'll talk your son into it. And the son's like, not 
so fast. <laughs> and it's supposed to be him giving the guy a talking to, but first of all, he's just like, I want you to know I don't So it's not authoritative. But the other thing is, it's like watching two kids talk about who would win in a fight between Gandalf and Dumbledore. <laughs> But full-grown adults just it's, like, it's well, Gandalf. it's pretty obvious that when Dumbledore dies, he stayed dead, bitch. Oh! <laughs> you shall not pass! So, so he has this back and forth with Dr. Qumran. That's Zoltar's name in this movie. And he's like, so what church do you belong to, uh, Dr. Qumran? And he's like, all of them. He's like, oh, really? What's the name of the church? What's the name of all the churches? Is that what you just said? But he doesn't, he, he reacts like that was a normal question. He's at the church of all the religions together all messed up in my hat. And Start like, naming them. Start with the A's. <laughs> then he goes, do you believe the Bible is the inspired word of God? To which Dr. Qumran tries to hedge his fucking bets. <laughs> He's like, sort of. To a certain extent. Yeah. What would that mean to a certain extent? All the way up to about halfway through Exodus. It's like Shakespeare and Francis Bacon. There's no way to know who wrote what. You have no idea. <laughs> no. So you can come back, Eli. I won't let him say it again. Yeah, so they have their little doctrine off or whatever. And finally, Dr. Qumran gets so pissed off that he storms out of there. And there's, he has this amazing moment. Tim, right before he leaves, he goes... Let me tell you something, Dr. Qumran. Everyone who speaks to the dead is one of two things. You got to picture a dead bird on my face trying to escape to really... Is one of two things. Either you're a fraud or you're a human being infested with demons. <laughs> and all of our notes are... Yeah, that is one of those two it's things. It is. You are correct. Either yep. you're a fraud or you're a Nutella statue that was brought to life <laughs> by a child's dying wish <laughs> from leukemia. So, See, you're warming up to it. So, warming him up to leukemia, Joe. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so Dr. Qumran rushes off. And uh, then, then they all, the family all sits down for tea to discuss dad's terrible idea of trying to talk to the dead. He throws this guy out of the house and yeah. mom's instant response is, who's hungry? Huh? <laughs> Who wants a snack? So, so they go to have tea and for some reason they go to have a tea at this very low table. So distracting to me. Everybody's sitting like hovering over the table like this. And the teapot is like seven feet tall. It looks like a hookah. Yes. Yeah, Absolutely. So they're, they're asking, they're like, Dad, why did you go to that other religion, filler? He's evil. And Dad's like, well, you know, my secretary recommended him. And the mom goes, oh, your divorced secretary recommended him? That sinner? She's been married three times. She's a nervous wreck. Now you say it. She's been married three times. She's a nervous wreck. Everybody, let's all it. together. Ready? One, two, three. She's been married, married three, three times. She's, she's a nervous, nervous wreck. wreck. On three. Two, She's been married two, three oh times. <laughs> One. Nervous. Nervous. So, yeah. So, we established that Dr. Qumran was recommended by the slut. This is what Noah deals with all the time. This is, this is my life, folks. <laughs> Let's go to the live show. I bet they're just as funny in person. After the edit, we are. <laughs> so, 
You'll get home and you'll be like, oh, I see what they did. Yeah. <laughs> they cut all that leukemia stuff, which is probably a good idea. I should explain. For folks at home, there's a little girl in a wheelchair and she doesn't have okay, a lot of hair. Okay, let's move on. In the on. front Moving row. On. She's not doing well. Um, she keeps lilting and I'm making the jokes to keep her up, but she's not. That's not oh, true. Jesus Christ. You still have the bag on your head. All right, now it's my turn to leave. Um, <laughs> Google it. So, so dad's telling this story. Dad's telling the story of the first time he met Dr. Qumran. So we get another little flashback. And this is fucking hilarious. He's like, the room was unlike anything I have ever seen because I didn't fuck Wiccans in the 90s. <laughs> but, and he's I like, I had never been to Pier 1 import. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so what I saw inside was strange and new to me. And he, he goes, it's like, it was the weirdest and craziest thing. And, and as he's saying that, it shows a Buddha statue. The Two. weirdest shit you can imagine. It's Buddha statue painting of Buddha. Yeah. Goat face. Yeah, no, that's the last. The goat face was, yeah, right. But it's like the goat got his picture done at, like, Central Park. Like, he sat down with one of the portrait guys, and, he's, and the guy was like, so what do you like to do? And the goat was like, I like to skateboard, man. <laughs> And they just took the face. Can we do the lasers in the background? Yeah. Like school pictures? Perfect. So. <laughs> Prom picture? Yeah, no, the, the inside jokes about Central Park go, go over great with the Austin crowd. So the, the people at Central Park that draw pictures for you are really crappy at it. So, so doc, he, he's still telling the story about Dr. Qumran. And he's like, and he says, he's like, he showed up mysteriously behind me. And it's like, and then it shows him. And he's just standing there looking at the wall like this. And the guy just walks up. That's like, that's not mysterious. You were facing a wall in this man's home. I'm going to reenact the mysterious showing up. Will you show up mysteriously behind you want me? You to show this up behind a, you mysteriously? Uh, oh, what's this? A painting of a person that's not me. That's, I've, I've, I've done, done it. it. Oh! I wasn't doing anything over here. I was over here the whole time. That is how surprised he is by Dr. Coombe. Apparently, no one had ever entered a room without dad <laughs> seeing before. The how did when- he get in? So, and this is all to set up a seance, right? They're going to have a seance. Suddenly, there's like nine other people in the room. And they, they all sit around the table. All of them are very clearly just having trouble defecating. That's the facial expression we get from every single person at this seance. Oh, absolutely. And it was like, I cut. I said concentration faces, not difficulty shitting faces. faces. Okay, one more time. Show me concentrating. Now show me difficult shit. It's the same. You're doing the same thing. You have to do make them different. Also, I love, and this is the most realistic moment in the entire fucking movie, right? Because dad is at his first seance. Everyone else has already been to seances before. And, and Dr. Kumran's like, I feel that there is a doubter in here who doesn't believe this shit's going to work and he needs to stop or this shit won't work. <laughs> but he, not because he's right, but because he's fucking it up. And I wanted him to just start naming names, just like, there is a doubter in our midst, Dave. <laughs> kind of wrecking it for everyone, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at you, Dave. This is also where we start getting the sudden, like, the, these little subliminal Satan flashes. Yes, his face for just a frame turns into Satan. But as we already saw, and I highly recommend at home, pausing this movie, it is just a bored teenager in red face paint who's just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you weren't supposed to use house paint. (laughs) My skin is itchy. And then, of course... Oh! 
and of course, the seance works because in their universe, Satan magic is real. So the hurricane force winds start up in the room. Too soon. <laughs> well, now it is, yeah. Um, and like demon spirits rise from the floor. There's a demonic kaleidoscope going on for a little while. And I've got to admit, that would convince me I would be a Satanist. That That's tray all it would is take. moving right above that guy's arms. <laughs> Must be Satan. So the flashback ends, and once we get, again, we're with the family talking about when he went to see Dr. Qumran. And, uh, and the dad wraps up with, uh, so, you know, either he's a fake or this was real. And once again, it, one of yep, those two yep, things exactly, is true. That is exactly correct about one all the things. One of those two things is true. So... And, of course, the son is like, because it's a Christian movie, the, the good son is like, well, of course it was real. Dad, Satan is very real and will give you magic powers, only don't do it. Who stole the cookie from the cookie jar? <laughs> Satan. That's how it ends for Christian. They just say so Satan and then they stand there in silence. <laughs> till certain people with leukemia get all coffee. <laughs> For, for the live audience, there's not really a leukemia patient up here, Eli's fucking with you. I just, I just realized the people in the back can't probably tell. So, Did you so, just run up to the front? No. <laughs> yeah, quick, get a look while you can. Um, so, <laughs> I'm going to cut that one out, too. Inappropriate. <laughs> Do you know over seven people a year die of leukemia? True fact. True that's, fact. That's either fake or real. Google it. Um, so, so everyone leaves the room, and the camera stays on for a really long time. But then we cut to mom going to sleep, because mom's got to have a nightmare. I love this fucking nightmare so goddamn much. So good. <laughs> so her son starts climbing out of the wall. Right? He's trapped in the wall. He's still wearing his race car outfit or whatever. And he's like, Mama... Mama. I am not at all exaggerating. It's like watching a 14-year-old at a fucking haunted house. And, and mom comes, and mom wakes up, and she's like, Frankie? Frankie? And he's like, well, a fucking course it's Frank. Who, what other dead race car driver is walking into your room in ghost form in the middle of the night, mom? Just she's like, Dale Bing. Earnhardt wanders in. <laughs> I'm sorry, is this 332 Princeton Drive? <laughs> 233, three. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have a lot of trouble with directions. That's why I'm dead. I just. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, so Frankie tells mom, mom, I'm in hell and it is quite unpleasant. And then something that I can only describe as a monkey devil also walks out of the it, it just, I, monkey devil, monkey devil. He has escaped hell. And this demon is like, fuck, I'm going to get in so much trouble. Get back here, dude. It's like watching a bad babysitter who's like on texting her friend. And then you see a kid wander around the corner and she's like, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> Come on, man. Now, you, now you're in hell for not eternity. What the fuck am I supposed to say to St. Peter? No, I don't want an apology. <laughs> now I'm going to have to work doubles. It's definitely new guy. It's definitely new guy, monkey devil, who's like, fuck, ah. Oh, if it isn't, let him go, Larry. All right, all right. <laughs> Don't give me a work nickname. 
So yeah, so so mom's nightmaring all over the place. Dad and the son come in. They're like, mom, mom, it's just a dream. And she's like, it wasn't a dream. It was real. And they're like, why the fuck not? That's, that's how our religion works. And dad says, don't worry, honey, I'll get you something to sleep or something to help you sleep. And I so expected him to just punch her in the head at that point. <laughs> Did you? It was the 70s. He, he was around in the 1970s. I was around in 76. You see, that's how it was back then. Mm. It's gotten better. But, okay, so, so, so she's trying to go to bed. Good son. I keep calling him good son. The character's name is Tim. Mm. So, so Tim uh, decides to pray to God that God will no longer give him nightmares, or give her nightmares, rather. She, and he's just like, uh, dear God, uh, I know you could probably take my brother out of hell, and that would probably stop her from worrying so much, but um, I ain't going to ask you for that. Instead, could you just stop the nightmares, maybe? <laughs> yeah, Help her get some Z's? He's sort of passive-aggressively praying. He's like, now, not really sure why you felt it necessary to give my mother hell visions, but that's <laughs> your prerogative. <laughs> but she woke me up. <laughs> Last I checked, I memorized your book. <laughs> and my eye still doesn't work, so... <laughs> Either I wake up tomorrow with two peepers or mama sleeps through the night. That's up to you. In Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, and he also prays for dad. He wants dad to find Jesus. And I love this moment where dad walks in as he's praying to Jesus. And I don't know what facial expression dad was going for here. I have it as pre-hairball. Oh, he reacts like he saw like Timmy peeing on mom's face. And he just like backs out awkwardly like, like, oh shit, praying. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's kind of how I react when I walk in on people praying. So I get it. There's a I little... am always living out that fake episode of what would you do? Just like, are you saying grace over there? Stop. <laughs> At the children's hospital is where I do that mostly. <laughs> yeah. So mom falls back asleep and now we have to cut to, to dad's nightmare. But before we get that, we're going to have to take a quick break. Uh, because this movie is about to shift gears into a whole new level of crazy. I'm going to need a minute to prepare for that. But before we take that break, I'm going to give Act 3 the hard sell here. Will Vern turn his life over to Jesus before it's too late? Vern is the dad, by the way. <laughs> Just realized I never told anybody that. Will anyone acknowledge that the guy who condemned Frankie to hell is definitely the fucking villain? Will Eli return from the interstitial all accidentally fucked up on pot brownies? Find out the answers to these questions and more when we return for the mind-numbing conclusion of The Grim Reaper. Good morning, everybody. Sorry for the delay. I'm Pastor Henderson. Now, after some conversation, it's been requested that I not mention Frankie being in hell. And I'm not going to do that in this here sermon. No, not at all. Not going to do it. Anyway, Frankie uh, had curly hair, drove race cars or something until he died in a fiery crash. State of existence he should probably get used to. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, he dead, dead now. Who knows? Maybe there's fire where he is. Maybe not. Could be or pebbles. Anyway, he's attended by his father, his brother Tim, and his mother, who uh, should accept Jesus pretty quick. They don't want to end up with Frankie. 
by which I mean dead, dead, because Jesus, good health thing to believe in, gives a heart a good workout. Anyways, may he rest in peace or in eternal hormat because he's in hell. That's it. Give me the 20 bucks back. No, I already bought a pale blue suit with it. And we're back When we last left off Mom was having nightmares about Frankie being in hell But just to throw you for a loop And show you the director's range here uh, We will now have Dad having nightmares about Frankie in hell for a change of pace. And the, 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 the dream itself is not really even worth noting, but what's worth noting is, is Tim's reaction when he walks in and sees his dad having a nightmare. Now, we know that for, Tim knows how nightmares work because he just woke his mom up from one and said, you're having a nightmare, mom. But when dad has a nightmare, he's like, dad, what the hell? Your eyes were closed and you were talking and shit. What's going on here? <laughs> But apparently he was having, he's like a fucking robot that was just brought online. But he's like, uh, he's like, I don't know, son. I'm having these weird dreams. Is there anything that you can do to help me? He goes, I can't help you, but I think I know exactly who can. Uh, and that would be a preacher that I can only describe as wispy. <laughs> I have him in my notes as baby powder, the person. <laughs> if, you, if you imagine you put... Vince Lombardi in one side of the machine from the fly and a tampon in the other, <laughs> you end up with this preacher. You look like Colonel Sanders' gay brother's ghost. <laughs> <laughs> and so, oh, so we, cut, we cut to the preacher. The preacher goes, uh, they're having the conversation with dad. Mom and the, the uh, son are sitting over here just kind of observing. And the, and the preacher says to the dad, he's like, are you saved? And the dad says, this is such a bizarre answer. He says, well, I'm Christian. I let my wife and son go to church all the time. Now, I'm not, I mean, I'm on dad's side here. <laughs> but I also don't physically bar people from entering churches. I'm not a, that does not a Christian Weird, make. braggy. That's <laughs> Three times and now all of a sudden we got to bring it up at every live show. <laughs> I wanted a conversation with their daughter. So, <laughs> about her leukemia. <laughs> if I say it like six times, you can't edit it out because it's a running thing. It's a little game we play called Stop Ruining My Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> So dad, you know, dad's like trying to like get a lot of, of concessions out of the, uh, the preacher. He's like, so if I become a Christian, I don't have any more problems anymore. And he's like, well... No, but you're more of a dick about him. <laughs> At least you got that going for you. So dad decide, or the uh, preacher decides that in order to convince dad, he has to tell him a Bible story. We're going to get a little flashback in this Bible story. So uh, this, th he starts telling him, you know, there was once a woman in ancient Israel that talked to the dead, and Paul and Silas uh, moved the demons on out of her, and then the fellers got real pissed about it and threw them in jail. And we don't see a visual aid for any of that, but, and if you know Ron Ormond, you know this is coming, he says, they flailed them on their backs with whips, so of course, that part we get to visualize, right? <laughs> that part we get to see. 
The, the flogging is amazing. Oh, this is maybe the greatest scene of all fucking time in any movie we've ever seen. We have a clip. Uh, Morgan, would you mind bringing the lights down and showing everyone this amazing costuming and acting here? Wait, it gets so much better. <laughs> the helmet keeps falling like his like Burger King prop helmet. <laughs> it was, so good. It was my birthday, damn it. It was my birthday. <laughs> and that actor is 70s unhealthy. He's that special magical guy. He whips twice and he's just like, bruh, bruh. Okay, I've had three heart attacks. <laughs> <laughs> Three heart attacks. I'd like to go sit in a chair and die at the ripe old age of 36 now. <laughs> oh, dead. Uh, so, yeah. So we, we get uh, Paul and Silas being put in the prison. Uh, the guards gave him an extra blankie, which I thought was nice. Seemed a little weird. Um, and they start, like, doing this pan shot of the prison. And it's got the weirdest damn shit. They show a guy getting whipped in the stomach. In the tummy. <laughs> there is a tummy whipping scene because it's obvious Ormond was like, they whipped Paul and Silas on the back, so what do we do? And one guy was like, <laughs> what about that in the movie? And they're okay. like, yeah, fuck it. If yeah, we're, if we're using good. the helmet, I mean, it doesn't really matter. What it's, <laughs> it's not like we're going to save this or anything. Um, and so, so they're sitting in the prison and then one of the guards comes up and he's like, I would like to help you but i'm not allowed to use inflection <laughs> it's he is basically all the other messages in every woman i know's inbox just like i wish i could put oil on your feet <laughs> i wish that for you and for me hello hello oil on your feet and Paul and Silas, in there, he's like, oh, I want to put oil on your feet. I would help you. He's supposed to be a nice guy. And Paul and Silas are just like, oh, but we're in jail, so thank you. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go be a homeless person on the streets of Austin. <laughs> so I hear it's pretty awesome. <laughs> so the next day, so we cut to the next day. All the prisoners are singing about Jesus. They're doing a little duet, uh, Paul and Silas are. Um, odd that they would have already written a song about him at this <laughs> point, but they, they know one. And they, they sing the song, and then, of course, as you know, if you know the Bible, uh, the prison starts to fall down around them after an earthquake. You can imagine the special effects for this earthquake are top-notch. <laughs> There's just... <laughs> The day they were doing the earthquake, they, uh, Ormond walks over to the cameraman. He's like, all right, this is pretty technical, so I'm going to walk you through this. You're going to take the camera, and you're going to shake it. <laughs> and then you're going to put it back on the tripod. Do not drop the camera while you're shaking. All right, let's rehearse. <laughs> not earthquake. There we go. So the earthquake happens. Their stocks are unfastened. Paul and Silas can finally escape. Maybe use that spell right away. If you can sing an earthquake, <laughs> feels like you before you get flogged, you would use well, it. Well, some people like being flogged or, uh, more than okay. you. So, and honestly, the, the, the flogging, as you saw, it did not look particularly unpleasant. Who screamed just now? Just so we know. Yeah. 
Yeah. 607. <laughs> so they so they bust out of prison. Uh, the jailer, the very nice jailer that wanted to put oil on their feet, gives them a torch. I don't know why. It's day. Yeah, and there's this awkward moment where he's just like, they walk up to him, and he he's like, there's like a sword on the wall and a torch on the wall, and they're like, no, jailer, um, g- give us that one. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, oh, is that... Is that how the story goes? Like, you can see the actor confused. He's just like, ah. And then what happened? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, so, and that's the whole story. We, we have the full reenactment just of that. Then we go back to that preacher that's talking to Dad. Um, Dad, however, is not convinced by this story. Well, Dad has a bit of a counter-argument. Yes, he does. Dad's counter-argument is this. Well, Tim... I loved your brother more than you. <laughs> you were saying, preacher, that is it. His only re- Tim's like, and he's just like, yeah, you're kind of a weirdo. <laughs> like, if a Frankie was a nine, you're like a two point four. <laughs> so- you're like a sick kid that ruins life. Oh, thank you. Great, great timing on the cut out there, that Morgan. Good. That was good. <laughs> so, thanks, Morgan. He has a leukemia filter on you now, apparently. (laughs) We have Eli on the two-second leukemia delay here, yeah. So, yeah, so the the, the dad's like, yeah, well, you've convinced me, but there's still something holding me back from loving Jesus as much as I want to love Jesus. I just don't know what it is. And the preacher's like, well, maybe it's because we've still got another 20 minutes in this movie. He's like, yeah, that's probably it. (laughs) So the preacher's like, well, whatever you do, even if you don't, Turn to Jesus, you should at least go to church and give us money. Again, very sometimes this movie's realistic. <laughs> so dad goes to church, and luckily for us, he takes us along. And the sermon, wouldn't you know it, is about how evil spiritualism is. Ah, coincidence. Apropos. <laughs> and this is where we have the four seconds they could afford <laughs> Jerry Falwell. <laughs> Now this, Jerry fucking Falwell. He is the world's number one ranked pastor at this point. Yes, seventy whatever. This in, point, in fantasy had, pastor, fantasy he pastor. was he killing had been it. Re- acquitted so many times. <laughs> he had out preached Mayweather, and he was just coming off a really high. It was phenomenal. And he is. I know a lot of people don't watch these movies with us, and you don't have to watch these movies with us. But you should watch just this clip to see how shiny it's possible for a human face to be. <laughs> He looks like he just finished gently kissing a Thanksgiving turkey. He was like, <laughs> give me one second. I don't know if it was gently. I feel up. like it was more than gently. Oh, you think he was getting in there? Yeah, yeah, all up in that yeah. shit. Motorboat. Oh, it was like yeah. a fat guy going down on you. Just Well, <laughs> I'm earning my place here. Dur, 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 dur. What Eli's trying to tell you is fat men are good at oral sex. They are. It's, it's eating. Out of reasons? <laughs> you think I'm fucking around? Have a fat guy go down on you. You'll be like, that podcaster was right. That's weird. <laughs> I guess they just love food. I do. <laughs> I do love it when fat guys go down on me. <laughs> so, so then we cut to... So, so, and I love the way that they introduced the Jerry Falwell bit, too, because the preacher's talking about spiritualism is really bad. As a matter of fact, the other day I was talking with my buddy, uh, Jerry Falwell, about this. And then we get four seconds of Jerry Falwell, 
And, the, and the, we come back to the preacher, and he goes, huh? Huh? It's like, did the people in the church see the flashback? <laughs> yes. What the fuck are we talking about here? So, but when we cut back to the, and, and by the way, the message that, that Jerry Falwell jumps in to give is Satan's a real dude. Hell is a real place. Demons are everywhere. I am sane. <laughs> That's pretty much the whole thing. So, uh, and then he hands it off to his assistant pastor. His assistant pastor is named Tim. There is already a character in this movie who is a pastor named Tim. This is a different Tim the pastor. Tim Naya. <laughs> Tim Naya. Tim Nehi Fi Lehi Min. Anti Tim. Tim Slinton. Tim Lacaca Tim. Austin of the Austinite Tims. <laughs> Whose leader is Austin. <laughs> I don't want to make that funny anymore. <laughs> So yeah, like a so Catholic family sitting down to dinner. Every Book of Mormon segment just <sighs> this again, huh? <laughs> and I love to the the the, the uh... it's not really <laughs> so Tim the pastor's <laughs> message here, by the way, is Judgment Day is a certainty because it says so on in the Bible. Also, who keeps gluing all these extra legs on the grasshoppers? <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and the dad turns to his son, because, they, they, of course, they're at the, at the church watching, and the dad turns to him, and he's like, this Judgment Day shit sounds like some kind of paperback novel. Man, comment. do you read some shitty paperback novels? <laughs> <laughs> and Timmy's like, Dad, just listen. Gaw. You make me look stupid. <laughs> You're embarrassing me in front of my friends. <laughs> he's about to get to the eyeball monsters that sing about God's glory. <laughs> <laughs> Take it serious. <laughs> revelation Sword of Mouth Jesus. <laughs> you don't want him to go down on you. <laughs> Not fat enough. Not fat He's enough. actually super thin. I wish Terrible there were fat ahead. Jesus. How great would fat Jesus come back? That would be back? better. If he comes back in a rascal and he just like the rock rolls back and he's... <laughs> boom. I have come at your median weight, my children. <laughs> but there is a tiny rock in front of my wheel. <laughs> Let me ruin everyone's live podcast by being all sad in the front row. <laughs> She's laughing along now. She's in it now. I feel like that's a seizure, but okay. Um, so, oh, when I do the jokes, then it's all of a sudden, oh. No, I was making fun of Luke. No, super inappropriate. So, He's here to keep us in line. <laughs> the comedy anchor we call him. <laughs> so now me. this preacher is going to tell us yet another story because they wanted to play dress up some more. <laughs> and this one is about a witch. Now the witch in this in this scene. <laughs> so I think good. I think he told you all you need to know about the witch in this scene. Oh, she good. looks like the makeup that first of all she's wearing Wicked Witch of the West outfit, right? She's got the pointy hat, she's got the black gown, she's standing in front of a bubbling cauldron. And in order to do the makeup, I think they just wet a bunch of flour. <laughs> yeah, that's, yep. that's about right. And it's right out of Monty Python. They're like, Are you a witch? She's like, No, not a bit. I have the <laughs> nose and the hat. <laughs> yes, I am a witch. <laughs> Also, I, and we, we, we haven't pointed this out yet, but when they do these flashbacks, 
all the people have like these deep South accents. Yeah. Right, so it's always like, now Moses, what the hell are you talking about, boy? Now, you listen, I say, I say, you listen to me, Saul. <laughs> I'll tell you what. <laughs> like, they don't take off the cowboy hat and they've got the Israelite cape on top of it. <laughs> Fuck that, cowboy is the only thing a grown-up's still allowed to dress up as without getting arrested. <laughs> I'll tell you what. So, uh, what? Seven syllables. So, <laughs> what? So, so yeah. So the, the 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 southern the people from southern Jerusalem go to the witch, <laughs> and they they're like, "Are you a witch?" And she's like, "Look at the fucking hat, people. What the hell?" No, it's because I mean, you look like a muppet of a witch. I don't, so, yeah, it just seems you look like the the jigsaw dummy from Saw, and so, also a witch. You look yeah. like the jigsaw dummy from Saw went through a bad breakup. <laughs> Everybody hurts sometimes, and of course, and of course. Yeah, no, it's a, it's just a few hundred bucks if we go over. Um, so, of course, <laughs> Saul. Good night. So, so Saul, of course, is here because he wants the witch to bring Samuel back to life so that he can give him some advice. And she does a magic spell. She just does her impersonation of me when I see a spider. Just ah ah. <laughs> Also, she she gives us all the 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 formula, I guess, for bringing Samuel back from the dead. It's a cup of wind, a pinch of salt, and a handful of dirt. Mm-hmm. Stir three times. I feel like somebody would have figured that out by now. Wouldn't you have accidentally stumbled on that at yeah. one point? You're just like, oh, <laughs> playing with my sandbox. Oh, it's Samuel. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> What's up, Samuel? So, um, I gotta go back inside. Recess is over. So, <laughs> and of course, Samuel is played by store brand Gandalf in this shit. And he comes up and, and Saul's like, uh, so, uh, wait, wait, you know, what do you think uh, the Philistines are about to kill us all? And he's like, yep, they sure are. Adios. That's the whole fucking story. <laughs> Literally, it cuts back to the preacher and he's just like, and you know what? It happened. <laughs> Why did I tell that story? Does anyone here know? <laughs> well, he even goes, he goes, and Saul and his sons were killed. Now, we're not sure how he died. Why the fuck would that matter? I mean, I would imagine the Philistines killed him. But uh, so, so Tim, the, the sub preacher, passes it back to the main preacher. Uh, and hit the main preacher's message at this point is basically... Uh, well, if your race car driving son didn't repent, he's in hell. Amen. But he also must tell us a story because, again, they love to play dress up. And he's going to tell us a story about, uh, about post-Exodus Moses. Now, Moses, if you can imagine Santa Claus skinned a polar bear and just stretched it over his head, that's Moses. That's pretty much it. <laughs> And this is the part where all the people are bitching at Moses. They're going like, Moses, we can't change our clothes. We can't. We just been eating nothing but manna. And you know that shit gets stuck in your teeth. And uh, Moses is like, guys, why do you want to be such a bitch? And they're like, well, you know, because uh, on account of we're Jewish. 
And, <laughs> no, it's okay to say that in Texas. Um, some of my best friends are Eli. And uh, <laughs> mine too. They're all going. They're all going like us. They're all going, well, them Egyptians don't have to eat the same damn thing every night. It's a new thing every, every day, just like Blue Apron, which you can also get by using uh, the promo code. God no, actually, awful. No, fuck nope. them. We, we don't, they're not paying for an ad in this episode, oh, so right. fuck them. <laughs> that check also won't Hello make it Fresh into the uh, or, uh, <laughs> Check out Home Chef. Yeah, neither will that. Uh, so. Casper mattresses are comfortable. So... <laughs> So Mo- Moses calls upon uh, some god lightning uh, because he's sick of these guys bitching. And all of a sudden, snakes start to appear. Now, imagine, if you will, that a snake that you knew was aggressive appeared, but it was, say, from me to you. If your reaction to this would be to stand there going, until the snake came and killed you, you would fit right in well, with the ancient Israelites. You are in this movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just one guy getting attacked by a snake, and the other one's like... So we like, what are we standing still? Are we doing that? <laughs> all right. Oh, all right. It You're got Frank, so hopefully it's full it's now. It's done now. Nope. Oh, it got the oh, second guy. Oh, we're still going. Okay. okay. Two, you know what they say? This is two in a row. This is awkward. No mo. So. It's like when you're in a post office line or another government building and one person, like three people ahead of you, goes crazy but you're not in the appropriate position to leave. So the guy up in front is like, you killed my son, my son. And you're just like, whoo, buying some stamps, buying some stamps, <laughs> stamps, stamps, stamps.com. You know, everybody's <laughs> never go to the post office again. <laughs> so, so that flash, everybody gets eaten by snakes. Elderly snakes and rascal scooters just slowly rolling up to them. <laughs> Walkers and, and everyone, it was clear, was like, I'm gonna do a different death sound. So the first two people, they're like, Ugh, and the second guy's like, ah, but these people are actors in Roy Orman movies, so they do not have wide range. So the fourth guy's like, <laughs> the eighth guy is like, So, so we, we finish up that uh, flashback and we cut back to the preacher and the preacher's like, are you surprised that God would kill innocent people with snakes just for voicing a grievance? Well, then you don't know this motherfucker at all, do you? It's kind of his thing. God doesn't want to condemn you to hell, he's, but he will. He's just got a really bad batting average. <laughs> <laughs> he's batting below the Mendoza line. It's fine. Don't worry about it. See... I feel like the preacher's doing for God what you do for your crazy Eddie friend. Yes. You're like, look, man, crazy Eddie, he doesn't want to fight you, (laughs) but he will. (laughs) He's over there eating his own shoe. He didn't like the way it squeaked at him. So, see, for everyone else, for for Eli, this is your crazy Eddie friend. For everyone else, this would be like your Eli friend. This would be, you you would instead say something like, it's like when you say, look, he... He talks a lot about leukemia and fucking dead children. But he's a good guy when you get to know him. So Heart of gold. <laughs> heart of gold. 
So, okay, so now, of course, the, the, the preacher goes, so we go back to the preacher, he goes on for a little bit, and then we have to get our final flashback of the movie, and this is a Ron Ormond movie, so, of course, this flashback will take place in hell. <laughs> and this is very clearly just the extra footage they still had from Burning Hell. Oh, very clearly the didn't-make-the-cut thing of how he had, like, a, a single reel of film standing there at the end of Burning Hell, and he looked at Estes, and he looked at the reel... And he was like, three movies? (laughs) (laughs) Three movies. (laughs) And unfortunately, I don't think we can do justice to the random weird-ass demons that they showed. We showed a few of them already, so anybody who looked like a, you know, whatever, a fucking clown on meth that you saw in the uh, montage uh, would have been one of these demons from hell. And and once again, they're just, they're not in, there's fire. Mm -hmm. They're not in it, though. They're like... Pleasantly near it, like a campfire, just right, yeah. from fire. Just move back. Yeah. Just move a little bit back. And beyond that, they're all covered in poop, so that's got to be keeping them cool. Right. Yeah. And there's some other nice things about so, that. <laughs> no, there aren't. And of it's course. It's a nice hell. The hell's kind of pleasant. Yeah, no, in, the, in this one, yeah. Um, but, and of course, just like every other scene in this movie, the screaming of the people in hell completely drowns out the dialogue. You can't hear a damn thing they're saying. So I have no notes for this scene. <laughs> I, and then we get the celebrity tour of hell. Yep, yes. Yep. Where it's, we meet Lot's wife, and Lot's wife in hell is a pillar of salt. And it's obvious, Orman thought this would be a great idea. He's like, look, there's Lot's wife. And she's just like... And he's like, I guess that wouldn't be so bad, actually. <laughs> he really just sent salt to hell then, didn't he? <laughs> and isn't that... That's just a damned pile of spices. <laughs> Ew. I feel like that's a bad example of who you want to send to hell to. Like the husband gave his daughters to a rape mob and she like looked back. <laughs> and that's why she went to hell. Yeah. It's a weird example. And then we meet Jezebel. No, first we meet Judas. Oh yeah. And now Judas is punishment in hell, apparently. This is pretty rough. He's got the 30 pieces of silver. And every time he drops them, they fly back into his hand, and that's it. <laughs> that is Judas's punishment Judas's in hell. Judas's punishment is infinite games of Pac-Man. Just. Uh, <laughs> this is kind of irritating. <laughs> <laughs> and then we meet Jezebel. <laughs> Your move, God. <laughs> I'm going to learn a coin vanish. <laughs> Down's palm. And, and then of course, just for Matt. We <laughs> love that shit. And, and they really do charge us if we go over. Uh, so now a, a, a demon in a skull cap shows up. And he offers to, to take dad to see his son, Frankie, in hell. And he like, he's like, he's right there. And, the, and he looks over there, and it's the same demon. He's like, gotcha! <laughs> It's a weird low-level prank in hell. Yeah, right? <laughs> Unscrew the salt shaker. <laughs> hell. Weird. Oh, you got a little shit on your jacket there. Boink! <laughs> hell! We hell! Have fun, we have fun here in Damnation. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and also the, the guy says, um, the, the, the other demon, he's like, you said you were going to take me to see my son. And then another demon goes, no one tells the truth here except the Cretans. What would that other minion say would be where my son is <laughs> to figure it out? Cretan liar thing. 
So, yeah, and, and then the dad's like, oh, this is so awful. And I'm like, I've stayed at Days Inn's worse than this. Jesus fucking Christ. And, and then the, they're, they're, the dad's like, please let me out. And they're like, no, we're going to throw you in a volcano in the most fakey man, uh, manner we can manage. That's it. That's it. And then we get, okay, so apparently this has all been a dream that dad had. We're not going to really deal with the fact that dad fell asleep in church here. Um, he just starts screaming, and I get it. I get it. That's what I do in church. That's why they don't let me go anymore. It's, it turns out that's not illegal at all. You can just sit in the back of the church going, ah, and they can't really arrest you for that. Can but they, you Andrew? go to one children's <laughs> ward. Freedom of speech, right? <laughs> so, so, yeah, but now everyone in the, in the church is quite concerned about dad's nightmare, and he's like, uh, did you have a nightmare about being in hell? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, are you a Christian yet? He's like, I'm pretty sure it was Muslim hell. He's like, that fucks up the whole movie. He's like, all right, I'm a Christian then. <laughs> Just convert. I don't know. What about the finches and the beaks? <laughs> There's a lot to think about still. The, the shape? No. So, so now, of course, this is the, the big conversion scene. This is what we've build, been building to for the whole movie. Everybody's very happy. And then the preacher turns to us and says, now dad has man, uh, managed to avoid hell. Perhaps you could do the same. <laughs> and the movie's over. That's it. That's, That's it. End. That's the movie. So this is the first time that we've seen an Ormond movie that was made without Estes Burkle. Um, and I assumed it was because Estes Burkle died, right? Because he was really fucking old in 1974. But it turns out Burkle stuck around till 2005, of all things. Which leads to the logical question, and the one that we're going to close on tonight... What do you guys think precipitated the falling out that split this dynamic filmmaking duo apart? Oh, I'm going to say Estes Perkel uh, refused to use the Oxford comma because he's a goddamn savage. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. The biggest applause we get tonight is for the Oxford fucking comma. You guys are such nerds. I love you. I love you. And Eli? We'll have to follow that. I, I was going to say an awkward kiss in a hot tub. <laughs> Just, ah, this is the life, isn't it? Estes. <laughs> I want to stand oh. with you on a mountain. <laughs> All right, so we now know that our audience is a bigger fan of the Oxford comma than making out in hot tubs. That's awesome. <laughs> And on that note, we're going to bring episode 111 to a merciful close. We want to give a huge thanks to our boy Morgan, came all the way from New York to help us out with the sound here. <laughs> Thank you so much. And of course, another round of applause for Anna for helping us out with merch and for uh, kicking so much ass. And of course, also a round of applause for our boy Andrew Torres for keeping us out of jail long enough to do this yeah. show. Big thanks to everyone with the Scottish Rite Theater. This is an amazing theater. Even though as you're walking in, it really feels like you should have just shot a lion. It is a really cool place. Right? Uh, and, of course, the biggest thanks uh, to all of you guys for making it up. Thank you so much. Yeah. You guys are almost as fond of yourselves as you are of the Oxford comma. That's amazing. And on that note, we're going to leave you with the breakfast club. Timmy's left eye leaves work at noon on Friday and spends the weekend in Mar-a-Lago. It's a lazy eye. It's lazy. <laughs> Mine's going to suck so bad. 
Dr. Kubron went on to be taken seriously by Eli and myself for an embarrassingly long time. <laughs> Dave the Demon got put on pedophile duty for a week for letting Frankie escape. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming out tonight, guys. Good night! Proceeding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved.